Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. Titus 1 and 9 reminds us, I'll read as follows, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message that has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Again, uh, Titus 1 and 9 reads, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message that has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. And when we talk about uh, sound, in terms of the phrase sound doctrine, uh, we're talking about the Greek word hugeis, which basically uh, means healthy. Uh, healthy doctrine is what Christians are supposed to impart. Uh, healthy doctrine it's what our society needs at this point of history. There's so much misinformation uh, being propagated, not by the, just the world. Uh, the world behaves in accordance to the way that the world thinks. But we as Christians should not think like the world. We as Christians should not love like the world. We as Christians should not live like we're still in the world. And the New Testament constantly reminds us uh, that we are set apart, that we are holy, um, that we are sanctified, and we are no longer of the world. Uh, we are new creatures. So the New Testament constantly is reminding us of our differences the before and after of our reality. So once Jesus saved us, he didn't save us to sit. He saved us that we may grow in sanctification while at the same time we are telling others about Jesus Christ. We never stop or we should never stop talking about who Jesus is. We should never stop talking about the gospel. Uh, Jesus coming on earth to die for our sins. Uh, Jesus redeeming us and his ability to redeem others. And then the crown jewel of the testimony is the resurrection. Jesus came, he was buried, but on the third day he rose again. And then uh, we, we brag about this crown jewel of historicity in a sense that no man that's ever walked on this earth has ever defeated death like Jesus did. This is why the prophetic word in the Old Testament can say, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And we see it again in the New Testament with Paul uh, taking the same uh, prophecy and putting it into his letter. 
So we as Christians, we serve the authentic God who sent his monogenous son, Jesus the Christ, to die for us uh, because he loves us. And the inception of sin did not end the story. In order to restore us back to the way that he wanted us to be, God sent Jesus. And this is the story that all of us ought to tell if we love him. So our job as Christians is to uh, allow God through the aid of the Holy Spirit to work through us that we can be a testament for others. But before we can be a testament for others, we need to know why we believe what we believe. It's not enough to say I'm a Christian, but we should also know the essentials of the of Christian faith. Um, there are things that we as Christians must know, and uh, many of us get this information from Bible study from our churches or sermons from our churches. But outside of church, when we are among family members, when we are among co-workers, when we are among our colleagues, when we are out in public in the grocery stores, uh, when we are interacting with strangers, are we equipped, are we prepared to answer the fundamentals of Christianity? So here we are. We have the reality or the need for Christian apologetics. And by apologetics, for those that listen to us, we're talking about the ability to rightly divide the word of God. Uh, putting ourselves in a position where we are reading, we're studying the Bible and giving someone a Bible-based response to the questions they have about our faith. So if you say you're a Christian, then individuals should be able to approach you and ask you questions about what it means to be a Christian. So, for example, uh, someone may want to know, what does the Bible say about death? What does the Bible say about birth? What does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about gender identity? What does the Bible uh, say about giving? What does the Bible say about forgiveness? What does the Bible say about envy? What does the Bible say about all the realities of life? The world or even people inside the church should be able to come to us and ask us sincere questions about our faith. This is important because God has given us a mandate that we ought to rightly divide his word. He's given us a mandate to go forth and evangelize. And when we evangelize, ultimately someone would ask the question, why? So if we are going to promote Jesus, we have to equip ourselves to answer the, the whys of Christianity. So in our previous segments, we unpacked the role of philosophy, which we say was the love of wisdom. We also unpacked this fancy word metaphysics, which means beyond the physical, but we're dealing with beingness, uh, the beings that God has created, human beings and uh, celestial beings and things of that nature. Uh, then if we're talking about the non-physical, 
uh, under the category of the non-physical things that are not physical, prayer uh, can be found under metaphysics. Angels can be found under uh, metaphysics. Ontology, the beingness, as I was talking about, God is a divine being, which is totally different than a human being. And uh, we don't have time to fully unpack the um, the thought process behind metaphysics. Then we deal with another big word, epistemology, which means the nature of knowledge. In other words, how God created us to know things. That's what epistemology deals with. Uh, so uh, things like philosophy falls under epistemology. How do we know? Uh, the nature of truth. How can something be true? Uh, all of that falls under epistemology. So we also then shifted to uh, how God has used different people since the first century, uh, since the uh, the post-apostolic uh, era to continue the defense of the faith. God wants to use you and I to continue sharing the truth of the gospel. And by sharing the truth of the gospel, you are in, uh, in essentially um, defending the faith. So us sharing the faith also means that we're defending the faith. And defending the faith can have a proactive and reactive dimension to it. So we can proactively go out and share the gospel then we can be uh, reactively uh, put in a position where we have to answer questions about the faith. So offensive as well as defensive. Uh, that those are the two dimensions of Christian apologetics. So we talked about St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was the uh, bishop of Antioch. And St. Ignatius uh, lived in the second century, which is uh, the late 100 ADs. Uh, and he reinforced the deity of Christ doctrine. So during his time, he was known to defend the doctrine uh, of Jesus in the sense of his Christ of the Christology, the study of Christ. He defended the divineness of Jesus, and this is important because uh, our views of Jesus affects our doctrine. Our views of Christ influences our doctrine. The Bible teaches that Jesus is equal to the Father in terms of divinity. And this uh, discussion deals with the doctrine of the Trinity, uh, the triune nature of God. And as I said before, we must fully understand what the Bible is teaching. So once we fully understand what the Bible is teaching, if anything uh, heretical, if anything inconsistent comes about, we'll be able to identify it. So we as Christians ought to have a firm understanding of this doctrine that we call the Trinity. So if you run into a Jehovah Witness, as an example, he or she may say, well, I believe that Jesus is, is God also. But what they're not telling you is their idea of Jesus being God is that the Father is God, but Jesus is a lesser God. That Jesus is a small G compared to a capital G. So when you're dialoguing with uh, a Jehovah Witness, as an example, 
It may seem like you guys are on the same accord as it relates to the divinity of Jesus Christ, but you're not. They believe that Jesus is not equal to the Father, but he's a lesser God than the Father. So St. Ignatius of Antioch defended the, the doctrine of Jesus uh, being equal to the Father, which was the uh, essentially the topic that um, the Christian uh, churches came to discuss during the Council of Nicaea. So the next person I want to highlight as we talk about the reality of Christian apologetics, and the reason why I chose that topic, reality of Christian apologetics, is God wants us to practice Christian apologetics. You may not want to do it, but trust me, God expects you to do it. And when we're not obedient to what God is telling us to do, we hinder our blessings. So I'm not asking you to become a theologian overnight. I'm not asking you uh, to become a great Christian writer overnight. I'm, not, I'm just asking you to be obedient and open for the Holy Spirit to use you so you can answer questions about the faith so other people can get to know Jesus Christ. So not only did, we, did God use St. Ignatius of Antioch, God used Tertullian, um, which... Uh, Tertullian, he's well known as one of the first people to use the term Trinity, the Latin word Trinitas, to describe the doctrine of God in three persons. So we owe a lot to Tertullian for looking at the scriptures and being able to unpack this doctrine of God being one, but yet reveal himself in three persons, all three distinct but yet one God, uh, each performing their own specific role. So we have one God who has revealed himself in three persons. That's the doctrine of the Trinity that all Christians must uphold. Then uh, the next individual is Irenaeus, and his, uh, he's famous for his work entitled Against Heresies. That's a bold claim uh, for a Christian writer to uh, come up with a title against heresies and against heresies he is writing against this whole notion uh, this whole notion rather of gnosticism gnosticism uh, gnosticism was very popular uh, during Irenaeus's time um, Irenaeus um, came from Smyrna and He's living in a time where people are coming with theological notions uh, regarding reality, uh, regarding God, regarding the physical world, regarding the spiritual world. So Irenaeus is hearing uh, these teachings that people, uh, these Gnostics rather, are claiming to be uh, authentic. And Irenaeus is saying, no, uh, the Gnosticism movement is a heresy. So he writes this book against heresies. And Gnosticism is very heretical. Gnosticism did not believe in the physical world. They believe uh, that all of this is illusory, uh, that uh, your, your body is illusory. It's, it's, not, it's not really a body, it's spiritual. Um, and if you follow the thought, this is where Gnosticism 
gets into heretic, uh, uh, into heresy in the sense that they're saying there's no physical world, everything is spiritual. That runs against the core of Christianity, which is Jesus rose up on the third day physically, not spiritually. But they claim in the Gnostics' writings that Jesus only rose up spiritually, not physically. So who are we to agree with? The scriptures or this new movement of Gnosticism? So Irenaeus uh, penned his writing against this heretical movement. And that's what God is calling us to do. We demolish arguments. We demolish arguments. That's what Paul says, that God has put us in positions to take all anti-God thoughts and we, through the Holy Spirit, are able to stand up against these fortresses, uh, these, these ideologies that are counter or go against Christianity. So all through uh, the beginning of church history, God has placed men and women in position to give a Bible-based response to the things that's going on around us, just like Irenaeus. So God is calling on all of us to be representatives of his truth. So you, in your own unique way, God has saved you. He's gifted you with your uniqueness. He's gifted you with your intellect. He's gifted you with your wisdom to be able to uh, share with other people, thus say the Lord. And all of us are unique. There are some people that you can reach that I will never be able to reach. There are some people that I can reach that you'll never be able to reach. But God wants us to be prepared uh, that when he sends people our way, uh, based on the skill set he's given us, he can uh, reconcile those people through uh, us and through what we say and through what we do. So it's important as Christians that we place ourselves in a position just like God used St. Ignatius, just like God used Tertullian, just like God used Irenaeus. God wants to use you also. So do not be afraid. Uh, these are mere humans. These are uh, mere mortals. And God wants to use uh, you just like he did them. And it's really God that's working it out. He just wants us to prepare ourselves. So uh, the things we put in us, the things we read, the things that we study, the things that we gain through meditation uh, via prayer, uh, God is going to bring it back up when we uh, go through certain situations that he may reconcile the lost world back to himself. Then we have origin. Uh, origin was born in Egypt, and he lived uh, around the second and third century, and he was able to uh, unpacked the principles of Christ's teaching uh, in his uh, work, uh, first, first principles. So uh, Origen is known for uh, talking about the principles of Christianity and, and Jesus' teachings, and he was able to reach the audience around him also. Then the next person uh, I wanted to talk about was Polycarp. Uh, Polycarp is a direct student of John, uh, and, and John, the Apostle John, was the last apostle uh, to have lived. And so one of his students, direct students, was Polycarp. 
and Polycarp lived around A.D. 65 to about 155 A.D. And uh, he was responsible for carrying on the teachings of John, the Apostle John. And he taught against heresies as well. So um, Irenaeus, as we talked about before, in his work, wrote about Polycarp and Polycarp's uh, work and Polycarp's mentor, who was John. So we learn a lot about Polycarp also through Irenaeus' work. Then uh, Athanasius of Alexandria, um, he was from Egypt. He lived in the third or fourth century, and uh, he wrote or fought against the teachings of Arius and Arianism. Uh, and Arius, Arianism uh, taught doctrines that dealt with Jesus' divinity. So just like the Jehovah Witnesses of our time, uh, their doctrine is very closely knitted to Arius' doctrine. Uh, Arius was teaching that there was a time when the Son of Man wasn't, which implies that Jesus had a beginning. He had a starting point, which we know is totally against Scripture. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega, meaning beginning and end, which means that uh, he's eternal. Jesus uh, has no starting point. He is God. He, he's equal to the Father. Uh, the Holy Spirit, he's God, and he's equal to the Father and the Son. So there is an etern- eternality of, 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 of the Godhead, and none of them had a starting point. They're all co-equal. They're all co-eternal. And uh, Arius had a problem with that. So Arius had a big movement during the day, uh, during that time. And Athanasius was strong enough and bold enough to stand up and say, no, this doctrine is, is heretical. Likewise, we as Christians, we have to stand up. There's so much heresy going on today that we have to stand up and say, no, that's not the truth. And if we love people, we tell them the truth. Uh, sometimes people get their feelings hurt by the truth, but that's okay. I'd rather have my doctor tell me the truth than to tell me, to, uh, to not tell me that something's wrong with me because he or she is worried about my feelings. So we as Christians, we must display the love of God. And when we see our neighbor walking down a path of destruction or going down a path that's not best, that's not the best for them, if we love them, we share what God has given us to, to give them in love. So that's the reality of Christian apologetics, right? It's not just this uh, ivy tower um, system that uh, puts us way up here because we have a lot of head knowledge and not able to deal with God's people. Apologetics, evangelism go hand in hand. They're handmaidens. And so when we share Jesus with other people, they will ask you why, and we have to be ready to answer those questions. You don't have to know everything, but uh, the, if you do encounter something that you don't know, it's best to uh, go talk to somebody of Christian wisdom that can help explain it, unless it's a mystery. Mysteries are knowledge that belong to God alone. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we've come to the end of our show. Uh, we thank you for your support, and as always, uh, please support us financially if you can. Go to our website, srministries.org, 
or P.O. Box 582306, Elk Grove, California, 95758. And remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.